0: Welcome to episode 13 of the Revival Podcast for Millennial Women. Today, we are going to be discussing how God loves you with his heart, mind, and strength. And this is at the tail end of a series where we've been talking about how we are called to love God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. This comes from primarily a verse in Deuteronomy, and then it's quoted again in the Gospels, So I thought it'd be fun to turn it around today and just talk about how much God loves you. We're called to love him and he loves you infinitely more than you're capable of loving him. And I want to note really quick that I did omit the word soul because the question of God having a soul is something that was beyond my ability to understand at this time. So (laughs) I'm not going to go there, but God certainly loves you with his heart, mind, and strength. And so let's go ahead and dive in to today's show. Hey, millennial, welcome to the revival podcast for millennial women, where you can come as you are, where you are in your faith journey. We're here to explore who God is and what he has to say through studying his words in the Bible. Hi, I'm Catherine Elise, and each week it's my intention to take important, relevant topics and examine them with you through the lens of God's word and the good news of Jesus. If you're here for an honest look at scripture, beyond pulling random verses out of context, open to creative ways to connect with the ultimate creator, and hoping for some good old-fashioned critical thinking about living out your faith, you're in the right place. I mean, as a former history teacher, you know I'm not going to let us off the hook with surface-level application. So grab a cup of coffee, put on your favorite sweats, and download that Bible app. Let's get started with today's topic. As always, I like to begin with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you meet with us. You see us where we're at. You love us with your heart. You love us with your mind. You love us with your strength. You love us so much more than we can possibly imagine or comprehend. And I thank you for that, Lord. And I pray that you would open up our minds and our ability to understand a little bit more of how much you love us. I pray that you would speak through me and that you would help me to further understand your love, too. We love you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Let's begin with God loving you with his heart. So this is the first thing. God is love and our ability to love comes from him. Our emotions come from God and a lot of them because of sin have been kind of corrupted and don't look so great, but God's emotions towards you are pure and they're holy and they're perfect and God loves you with his heart. Now, does God have a physical heart? Again, not going to go there, except to say that Jesus, who is the son of God, certainly does have a heart in that he was physically human, totally, completely human. So he had a physical heart. But here I'm talking symbolically about God's emotions and feelings and how he feels towards you. And that is loving, so much more loving than you can possibly comprehend and grasp more than I can comprehend and grasp he bestows that love upon us as a gift and there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God Romans tells us that nothing can separate us from that love and what better demonstration of that love than how God sent his only son Jesus as a sacrifice for our sins that Jesus came and was born to the Virgin Mary And he came and lived on this earth and lived as a human. And he, as the son of God, was ultimately sacrificed for our sins. Although he never sinned, he led the perfect life. And yet God gave him for us an exchange, a ransom for us in our sinful selves. We couldn't save ourselves, but God saved us through the sacrifice and death of Jesus. And God wouldn't do that. For people he doesn't care about. Why would he sacrifice his son if he didn't care about us, if he didn't, in fact, love us so much more deeply than we can possibly comprehend? He sent Jesus to bring us into right relationship with him. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we can be reconciled in that right relationship with God. We can have access to him, we can be with him without the taint of sin separating us any longer. And why would God want to bring us closer to Him into deeper relationship, if not because He loves us, and He does so much? And I have a passage for this. It's from First John four. It's a discussion about love and God and how we are to love others. And in First John four, starting in verse fourteen, it says, "Furthermore." We have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. So it's pretty clear here in 1 John that love comes from God. God is love. And it describes this beautiful reciprocal relationship where we live in God and God lives in us. And we're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit if we're in Christ. We actually have God dwelling within us and he can use us in magnificent ways through that connection. And why would God want to live within a being that he doesn't love? We also can have confidence, it says, on the day of judgment, because we live like Jesus here in this world. We want to have that close relationship that Jesus had with the Father. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we are viewed as as though we had lived Jesus's perfect life. We are in that right relationship with God when we trust in Jesus and accept him as our Savior. And we can experience that perfect love that expels all that fear that fear of punishment, that fear that we're not going to be able to be closely in relationship with God because of our past sins or what we've done or what's been done to us, none of that matters anymore because God's perfect love fills us up and pushes out that fear. Now, do we actually feel like that all the time? Of course not. There's lots of times when I feel like I'm not good enough and I'm too sinful and God would never want to choose me. But the reality of the situation here is that God has chosen you. You accept Jesus because God has chosen you and he loves you and he wants you to be with him so much. Any love we have for other people, the source is God. God gave us that love in the first place. God shows us so much affection, so much love, and he so deeply desires a meaningful relationship with you. And so, in times when we don't want to spend relationship with God, which honestly has been a struggle for me recently, when I kind of think to myself, oh, I can, you know, go a couple of days without spending time with Him, without reading His Word, with minimal prayer. I don't know if I want to do that kind of thing. Ah, I got these other things I want to do instead. It's not like God's sitting there angry with me. I am His daughter, and He sees me through the lens of love and of grace. And through the lens of what his son has done for me. Because I have been bought by the blood of Jesus. God pursues me. He loves me with his emotions and his heart. He wants that relationship with me. And when I choose to step back into that with him, it's beautiful. He doesn't come at me with condemnation. He comes at me with grace because of Jesus. I don't have to live in fear of how he's going to receive me. I know how God's going to receive me. with love sometimes there's correction in there too and it's out of God's love for me and it's out of his want that I will be refined and made new number two God loves you with his mind and by that I'm talking about how God thinks of you his thoughts for you are loving thoughts and he thinks about you isn't that incredible God has thoughts for you You're not some insignificant little creature that he doesn't think about and doesn't care about and whatever. He's just kind of, you know, indifferent to you. That's, that's not how God thinks of you. God actually has thoughts for you and his thoughts for you are so loving and you are so significant to him. God finds you worthwhile of having thoughts about. That's incredible. Some encouragement for this is from Psalm 144. This is a psalm written by King David, who is the king of Israel. Verse one, praise the Lord who is my rock. He trains my hands for war and gives my fingers skill for battle. He is my loving ally and my fortress, my tower of safety, my rescuer. He is my shield and I take refuge in him. He makes the nations submit to me. O oh Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? Mere mortals that you should think about them. For they are like a breath of air. Their days are like a passing shadow. And that's true, right? In the context of forever, eternity in both directions, we're just a little blip on the map. Our lives barely take up any space and any time. And yet God cares enough to think about us. Our days are like a passing shadow, but God still loves us with his thoughts. He wants the best for us. He has a plan. He guides us. He interacts with us. He connects with us in a way that is so intimate and so individual because he cares about you as an individual and loves you in the way that he created you. He takes care of us. He loves us. He's our rescuer, our refuge. We are not abandoned. We are thought about. We are cared about. We are loved. That is really comforting because no human being is going to do that for you perfectly. But God does. Third and final point God loves you with His strength. His strength is beyond our capability to understand. He is so much stronger than we could comprehend. He is mighty. Nothing is beyond his ability to do. His love is beyond our ability to comprehend. He loves you with his might, with his strength. And he is actually a jealous God. It says this in the Bible several different times. There's this theme in the Old Testament of God being like a husband. He's described that way and we're like his bride, and we cheat on him all the time with different idols, different things that we give our allegiance to, our hearts to, our love to, our dedication to. We can see this in, if you want to look it up, um, you can see this in Hosea, and God also mentions that he's a jealous God several times in scripture. One of those references is in Exodus 34. I'm not going to quote those today, but you're welcome to look them up yourself. But what I want to get at is that God wants your full attention and your your love and your allegiance and your dedication because he knows that when you set those things on him instead of on different idols and distractions, that is the way that you were designed to live. And he wants that relationship with you, that deep intimacy that you can't get anywhere else. Everything else is going to disappoint you, but he won't because he's strong and he loves you with his mighty strength and he's jealous for your heart. Not with human jealousy. Human jealousy is usually a bad thing, right? It's usually a very ugly thing. But God wants your full attention and is jealous for you in that way, in that loving way that he fully cares so much about you and your heart. And he knows what's best for you more than anyone else could possibly, including you. He's strongly passionate about us. He wants all of us, all of our being, I want to give you a sampling of his strength from Isaiah 40. I know I quote this passage a lot, but it's so good. Starting in verse 25, it says, this is God talking. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, Not a single one is missing. O Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. We cannot comprehend the strength of God. He is literally never tired or weary. He never needs to rest. I know in The days of creation, he took the seventh day to rest, but it doesn't say he needed to rest. God doesn't get tired though. Nothing exhausts him. He's strong and he loves you with that strength. He won't get tired of loving you. He won't get tired of pursuing you. He loves you mightily in a way that only the strongest being in existence can. And we can find our strength in him, because he doesn't run out. He is love and he loves you with his strength. I wanted to conclude with a passage in Revelation 21. It's describing the end times. It's describing judgment. And I don't pretend to understand everything in Revelation, but I think that this is a really beautiful scene. And I think it's one that can give us a lot of peace. When I read it today, as I was preparing for this episode, I just felt a sense of peace settle over me as I thought of what was happening, what was going on in the end times here. John wrote this book and he's seeing what's happening in the throne room of God. So in Revelation 21 verse 1, it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city The new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God and they will be my children. God wants his home to be among us. He wants to live with us. He wants us to experience his presence, his potent, unadulterated, pure presence. And one day he's going to use his beauty and his strength and his perfection to wipe away the tears from our eyes with tenderness, and there won't be death and sorrow and pain anymore. We will be in perfect communion with him, in perfect relationship. And we will get to see his love on such a deeper level than we experience even now. God is mighty and strong, yet so tender for us, and so happy to be among his people forever. What a beautiful God we serve. All right, let's summarize. So God, not only does he call us to love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but he also loves us with his heart, with his mind, and his strength. He thinks of us. He has loving emotions towards us. He is mighty and loves us with that strength. We can draw on that strength in time of need. He is always there for us and he is never tired of being among us. Thank you for joining. I'm going to close in a word of prayer. God, thank you that you don't abandon us. You never leave us and never forsake us. You love us so purely. I pray that we would learn that on a deeper and deeper level and that we would believe you love us as individuals, that we would get to see your love and experience it in ways that we never have before. I pray that for every woman who's listening, that she would experience you on a way she never has before. We love you, God, and we thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the revival podcast for millennial women. If you got something meaningful out of today's episode, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple podcasts. These reviews help more women find the show and it helps grow our community. Plus these reviews help me see how God is using this podcast and that my friends blesses me greatly. Oh, and be sure to check out the show notes for more ways to connect with me. See you next time.